Hello. This episode is titled, My 2024 Presidential Campaign. Why am I in the Democratic race for president in 2024? Well, because I believe that the Democratic Party and the uh, our society as a whole is not doing enough to build an adequate welfare state. And before you say, well, we don't like people on welfare, the term welfare state means caring for people of all economic classes, not just providing services for the poor. For example, in the European welfare states, they have childcare that is open not just to the poorest Europeans, but to even the middle class Europeans. And that is a problem with the American welfare state, such as it is, because something such as that, a subsidy such as that, is only open to the poorest Americans, and it is not adequate as it is. And we have to draw this conclusion about American society because it is underperforming. And as a presidential candidate, you have to set the agenda for the nation as a whole. Congress can't do it. There's no one leader in Congress that has the power to set an agenda. Certainly the president can set the agenda, and of course, it is torn to pieces mostly by Congress as the bills move through the House and the Senate. But often the president can get things done, but overall, he is not as powerful as Americans and our media assumes, at least on domestic policy. The American president has much more power and latitude on foreign policy because he is the chief executive. And the founders knew that When decisions had to be made, they could not be sent to a committee. They had to have one person who made a decision under the idea that any decision is better than no decision. If you had to send an order of uh, creating a foreign intervention to Congress, who would make the decisions? So that's why the founders created the executive because he is the one that has to make those kind of decisions. Now, of course, there are limits to his power. Congress can defund him, like happened during the Reagan administration when Reagan was involved in the Iran-Contra affair. Um, And even in Vietnam, when Congress was threatening to cut off funds to Lyndon Johnson as he conducted the Vietnam War. But that's what we have to come back to. American liberals often look at Franklin Roosevelt and Lyndon Johnson as being the high points 
of American liberalism when the American welfare state was adequate, or at least on the road to being adequate. And neither of those is true. Franklin Roosevelt was a great man, but he was always careful to emphasize that any American welfare state would still have the basis of just providing an opportunity to Americans. <coughs> Not any kind of economic guarantee. And that is the big weakness of the American welfare state or just American economic social order. The Europeans have tried to solve that problem by, first of all, having for the workers' generous vacations, more unemployment insurance and lower retirement ages. You can see recently the battle in France over lowering the retirement age from, or, or raising it from 62 to 64, or somewhere around there, and you can see the protests that were incurred. But of course, France is retreating from their, tra their traditional socialism as um, the Socialist Party now in the last election did not even reach the final round. It was the centrist Emmanuel Macron, sort of a Clinton or Tony Blair type third-way Democrat or, or labor leader in Britain and America. But he was a former minister of the Socialist Hollande, and then Macron would form his own political party. And so he is trying to promise these reforms, and I think it is a, not a good decision, but France still has other generous social programs. But like I said, the election, the last French election was between Macron and the right-wing Trump type of politician, Marine Le Pen. And just her being in that final round is an indication that of the right-wing turn that France has taken along with some other European countries like Hungary and even Germany has an uprising of right-wing movements. <coughs> but the point is, in any human society, currently or at any time, what can we do to take care of individual human beings? And it's just a simple fact that when you look at international statistics that the Europeans are doing a better job than Americans are right now. And so if you're going to be the presidential candidate and look at what kind of issues we have to look at, you have to start with that. You have to say, how can we improve American and why, isn't Amer why is America underperforming? But it goes back to what Franklin Roosevelt said and even Lyndon Johnson, when they supposedly were building their welfare states, the problem was that they would always emphasize the word opportunity. And Joe Biden has done the same thing in most of his speeches. Same with Barack Obama, two Democrats. The idea is that they just want to give Americans an opportunity to make it and not any kind of guarantee. And, and that is not going to create a great society. 
all that has done in America in the present day is create a culture where competition really is just out of hand. If Americans feel there is no real safety net below them, it becomes a dog-eat-dog culture. And I am sure that is a strong contributor to Americans' level of high level of violence. And even these mass shootings, it, it could be traced to that kind of uh, out-of-control competitivism. Politicians look at gun control and say, um, that's going to solve the problem. No, this is a cultural problem. We have to get at the reason why Americans are frustrated or there's anger throughout the society. It is not let, letting these crazy individuals off the hook. They are, they have problems and they have to be dealt with. But it also helps to create a, a culture of love and cooperation, which we could really severely work on here. And my colleague, Maureen Williamson, who is also another candidate for president, she, she emphasizes this, and that is a good thing. But, and the ironical thing is, American leaders and certain European leaders are beginning to address this problem of a lack of economic guarantee by introducing the universal basic income. Now, I was talking about this in 2013 in my first book, a history of the American welfare state before anybody was really talking about it. And it was picked up in a recent presidential election by American businessman who, who later ran for mayor of New York City. And some communities now are implementing is giving individuals, say, $500 a month for up to a year to do as they wish. But the problem is it's not a federal program and it's, it's mainly a patchwork of benefits at different localities across America right now. So the movement has not caught on. But Joe Biden early in 2021 and Donald Trump for that matter at the end of his term made a good step towards this kind of idea by issuing generous cash benefits to most Americans. Of course, that was because of the crisis of the coronavirus and the American economy was almost totally shut down. So that was necessary and that was needed. But that was a good step. And it would make Joe Biden really, arguably, the most liberal president in American history. Franklin Roosevelt and Lyndon Johnson never issued direct cash payments to Americans at all, and never at that kind of level. $4,000 an individual at one time? Yeah, that has never happened. And so that has to be seen as a model for the future to have the goal of providing economic sustenance for every American. And it can be done. Well, it has to be done because the only other alternative is to rely on the total free market. And we can see that that is just totally incomplete. For number one, it is subject to booms and busts as we saw in 1929 and 2007. 
And so somehow we have to get off that economic roller coaster. We have to get off the economic order that believes that how we measure an economy is how much the stock market rises or how much our GDP is growing or how large businesses get. Americans have a fetish about the size of businesses. They, they somehow believe that that means America is better or America is stronger. <clears throat> but we have to question that belief if it's not really trickling down to use a strongly credited, discredited phrase from the Reagan era to help regular Americans or all Americans. <clears throat> and that does not mean we have to be against the rich. We do not have to be like that. Paris is the most socialist economy of perhaps in Western Europe or Europe, but there are plenty of $3,000 a night hotel rooms in Paris. In other words, Paris, France has a lot of rich people, but yes, they all, there's no destitute people, according to a recent New York Times article. So, what should be done in the next presidential Democratic nomination race? Well, we have to bring up issues that really get at the basic quality of life for all Americans and programs that are sustainable. Joe Biden made great steps towards, towards that, but they were only temporary. And unfortunately, members of his own party, such as Joe Manchin from, the Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia, would stop him from being more ambitious. So it's not all the Biden administration's fault. But we have to create a vision where, even if it is opposed by the Republican Congress, that points a vision ahead for America. <clears throat> because right now, as we are just pulling out of this coronavirus situation, we also still have the memories of the 2007 economic crisis on our mind and not knowing when something like that can happen again. <clears throat> it was the faith of the Reagan revolution that began in the late 1970s that if we turned on the free market we wouldn't need any kind of real social programs at all. So we stayed under that belief for the next 40 or so years. And then we even tried to turn up the spigot a bit by repealing the Glass-Steagall Act of, during the Clinton administration that let banks become investment banks again. That wasn't allowed since 1933. And that led that was a strong factor along with the real estate boom and bust of the 2007 economic crisis. So in other words, we have to, people still remember, we, but we have to somehow get around those economic booms and busts. As the famous book by Carmen Reinhardt and, and Rogoff said, there's always the belief that this time is different, that this boom time will go on forever, and it never does, it never has. So Americans, we have to try to get off that strong emphasis on the free market. 
we have to look at what the Europeans are doing, and they're not a perfect society. They, they got some right-wing government springing up over there. But what are they doing correctly? And uh, it can't be against human nature to have that level of cooperation because it's happening in Europe. But I think, and I've written books about this, it's because of our historical traditions here or whatever, or, or cultural traditions that we don't like to change. Uh, um, because we have a fear of a central government controlling our lives and I'm concerned about that as well. But the Europeans have a stronger, especially France has a stronger central government intervention in their society but they have plenty of freedom, so it, it, it's possible to, to be done. But it has to be watched. We don't want to create a society such as Soviet Russia or some kind of Nazi Germany. Those societies were bad for everyone. But unfortunately, there's a lot of 20th century philosophers like Albert Camus and Karl Popper and Isaiah Berlin, among the notable ones that they had believed that whenever you try to create a better society, it, it only leads to a totalitarian police state. And that is obviously not true because look what has been done in post-World War II Europe. <coughs> so that would be my platform. Many emphasize domestic policy. How can we create programs develop the American welfare state that helps Americans of every class develop a more cooperative culture. Uh, it doesn't mean we don't have to have conflicts in political parties, but the Democratic Party and, and people running for president should have the idea of creating a greater vision for the future. So, some of my colleagues in the race have done this and some have not. But I think um, some of the great moves that Mr. Biden had made early in his administration can be continued. But thank you. Thanks for listening.